And greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, joined by Paula Phelps. Today we're getting a chance to hang out with her. She'll be joining us in just a little bit. And the reason we're getting to hang out with Paula is that we are at the Festival of Positive Education 2016 IPEN right here in the heart of Dallas, Texas. And we got a chance to... Uh, talk to so many people, all kinds of people who are bringing inspiring and really impactful stories about their time in positive education and bringing positive education to our schools and to our children. It was an inspiring few days. We had an incredible time, got so much great information about what's going on in positive education, and I think all of us left with new ideas and a fresh energy to really go out and make change in our communities. And we were able to sit down, Paula, with a few of these keynote speakers. Sir Anthony Selden of the University of Buckingham is one of the leading historians, educational specialists, and political authors of our time. Angela Duckworth is a professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. She studies grit and self-control, two attributes that are distinct from IQ and yet powerfully predict success and well-being. One of the people we got to sit down and talk to was Barry Curzon, who was ordained as a monk by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, and he now works as a personal physician to the Dalai Lama. He also teaches healthy, positive, harmonious mind and body exercises. Elena Saman is a program officer at the Section for Inclusive Quality Education at UNESCO's Asia and Pacific Regional Bureau for Education. Steve Leventhal was executive director of Corestone, which is an international NGO that provides resilience programs for young women in developing countries. We also spoke with Fred Keel. In return on character, Fred Keel, who is a PhD and the KRW Research Institute, shared the first hard evidence linking the character of senior leadership and profitability. Their groundbreaking work is raising the bar on expectations around both individual and organizational performance. Lori Coots of the Hahn Foundation was one of the people that told us about some of the initiatives they have. The Hahn Foundation was actually started by Goldie Hahn with the intent of improving educational experiences for children. So can you tell me what positive education is? Angela Duckworth shares. Positive education is, in I think its broadest and most meaningful sense, the education of a child so that they are truly flourishing. Academically, of course, because that is part of flourishing as a student, but also socially being um, in tune with the kids around them, being accepted by the contributing to the people around them emotionally. I think when you talk about a flourishing kid, they must be a child who who experiences positive emotion, joy, calm, contentment, and uh, also feel some kind of satisfaction with their lives. And then uh, finally, I would say that in addition to the academic and and the social and the emotional, uh, I think when we talk about kids who are really educated in a positive uh, community, that they also have a sense of their civic responsibilities, that they understand that they are part of something bigger than themselves and they have responsibilities. Steve Leventhal chimes in. Fundamentally, I think education... The potential of positive education is really to educate a child not just for what he or she becomes, but who he or she becomes, what kind of person they will be, what kind of values they have, what kind of character they have, attitude, behaviors, um, and the potential uh, to live life with an open heart and make a contribution to a world bigger than just their own. Also a comment from Elenor Saman. 
Well, I think that um, positive education is, is really crucial in helping people see a different vision of what quality education is like for a child or for a student um, in terms of focusing on character traits. So coming from UNESCO, we have a mandate to promote education for peace. When you break that down into personalities and attitudes, it's very much the character strengths in positive education. Can you tell me what positive education does for students? Barry Curzum answers. Yeah, you know, our educational systems in America and virtually around the world have kind of lost a sense of a moral, ethical compass. And so we can be highly, highly educated people, and yet if our moral compass is not really in place, we can use all that education for harm. And we see that happening. So I think it, it, it kind of guides the education towards, you know, doing good, towards, you know, uh, avoiding harm and towards being a good citizen, a good world citizen. Um, and then the other side of it is personally, it allows the person that has that kind of education, positive emotional education, positive education, uh, to be a happier person. And just by that, that ripples out in everything that person does in the family, at school, at work, in the neighborhood, community, etc. So I call that a win-win situation. Answered by Lori Coots. Positive education, I think, uh, is our way into the whole child. So when you start to think about children going to school, you know, they already have, you know, themselves geared up to learn about um, arithmetic and language arts and science. But positive education kind of takes all of that and couches it in an environment of empathy, compassion, optimism, perspective-taking, um, uh, an environment where children care about each other. Uh, they start to learn about having a relationship with themselves and with others. And so it starts to give us a nice backdrop that helps children be able to deal with things when they're not okay. Um, I think uh, too many times we spend a lot of time helping children understand how to manage their successes, and we never manage their failures. And it's only by learning that, you know, you can fail and get to the other side that you really start to get more resilient. So I think positive education has arrived, if you will, at this point in time in the world to help us rescue our whole children in the schools that they're in right now. So how is that going to change our culture as we start raising students who have a different kind of mindset and we're looking at, at things more in a positive light, looking for the good in the world instead of pointing out what's wrong. Sir Anthony Selden shares. It will make for a more pro-social uh, life. It will break down the isolation that uh, so many people experience living alone, uh, broken families, broken homes, working a long way from uh, where you live, not knowing your neighbors, not knowing people in the street, not talking to people on the buses and trains. Uh, it will make for a more joined-up, meaningful life. And life has meaning when there's connection. And life is a lonely, sad place when we live in our own heads. Uh, the 
uh, imperative of uh, uh, the way the brain operates is often to want to uh, cope on one's own um, and yet there's no space there for happiness, uh, meaning, uh, joy. Uh, and that the more that people, young people, experience these programs at school, uh, the better able they will be to negotiate their own lives uh, while at school and at college for those who go on. Uh, and it will have a enormous ripple effect because um, the decline of uh, throughout the world um, of uh, attendance at religious uh, institutions, uh, which were, was a primary, not the only source of uh, moral guidance and uplift and inspiration, uh, needs to be replaced uh, by the classroom. And indeed, many religions themselves would benefit from positive psychology. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, concern right now about what's going on in our world mm -hmm. at several levels. If we start really uh, implementing strong character into our students, how is that going to change our culture? Fred Keel comments. Well, I mean, the decisions that strong character people make is generally based on uh, a concern for the common good as opposed to individual selfish gains. So, you know, having decisions made in, in business, in government, in all of our institutions, in, in politics, you know, if it was based on the common good, <laughs> it would certainly be a positive change for the culture. For and is that something cultures. you see that can happen? Well, I've been an optimist all my life. So, but yes, you know, if you look at large trends over the last 300 years, more people have come out of poverty in the last 50 years than ever was thought possible. The UN set a set of 20 goals for 2020, and uh, all of those goals were met by 2015. So there's a lot of positive things that are going on. Corruption is going down around the world. OECD has, measures corruption year after year, and, and the trends are down. So you know things are moving in a positive way in spite of all of the turmoil that we see now with regard to those that are threatened by globalization and, and threatened by um, inclusion and all of that. Fantastic stuff from the IPEN Festival here in Dallas, Texas. We'll have more coming up from the festival on another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. And if you would like more information on positive education, you can go to the website ipositive-education.net. And while you're on the Internet, please feel free to reach out to us here on the podcast at Live Happy on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Live Happy on Facebook, or you can send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. For Paula Phelps, Angela Duckworth, Steve Leventhal, Eleanor Salmon, Barry Curzum, Laurie Coots, Sir Anthony Selden, and Fred Keel, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy.